Hello, Stephen Dan Fouts here from Teach Different. We're veteran teachers from the United States, bringing educators together from around the world to learn a simple conversation method, which we model on this podcast for you. If you're a teacher, administrator, homeschooler, or parent who wants to use the power of conversations to build stronger relationships and fight polarization, stay tuned to hear the impact our method can have on your discussions. Then join our community of educators at teachdifferent.com for additional resources and to participate in lively conversations among teachers and faculty, free for 30 days. So welcome everybody to the Teach Different podcast. We have an interesting quote this week from an unknown author, so that even makes it more uh, mysterious. We're going to get to it in a minute, and it's about perseverance, among other themes. Uh, it's going to be really good. And we have a wonderful guest tonight, uh, Donnell. He's going to be introducing himself once we weigh in on the quote. And uh, But before we do, we know the protocol now. If you've been a listener to the Teach Different podcast, we're going to start with that provocative quote. We're going to figure out what that quote means, tell some personal ex- stories maybe about what does it mean to us. And again, everyone who listens here think, when I bring this to my students, what are they going to say? You know, we're, we're, the adults are going to talk about it now, but it, always have your half of your brain in your, in your classroom or with, with faculty, or whatever audience you want to give this conversation to, what are they going to say? I mean, that's the most important thing. And then we'll do a, a counterclaim once we work on the claim and uh, push against it, see the world from a little bit of a different perspective. And that's the critical thinking piece that is so important that we've lost in our society we're stuck in silos of thinking and it's damaging to everyone. And so this is where we break out of those silos on, on using this method. And then at the end, um, Steve, uh, Donnell and I will, will try to be thinking of a question that we might want to share that we think uh, needs to be answered as a result of the conversation. And purposely, we don't know the question now because we want it to be natural and organic. And so too in your classroom. You, you want your students to organically and naturally bring up things that, that are interesting to them. So we try to model it exactly how it'll run in your own situations. So with that intro, here we go. Here's the quote, and there's an interesting little background that I'm going to read from the quote, because we don't know the author to this. If you are going through hell, keep going. If you are going through hell, keep going. And I did a little research on this. And the first evidence of this came in a 1943 issue of the Christian Science Sentinel of Boston, where someone asked a man how he was. And he replied, I'm going through hell. And then his friend replied, well, keep going. That's no place to stop. All right. So that's when this quote first appeared. And now it's been transformed to, if you're going through hell, keep going. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Danelle, welcome to Teach Different. It's great to have you here. Give a little bit of your background, if you would. And then what do you think of this quote? Thank you. Thank you guys so much. It's such a pleasure to be here at Teach Different. You guys are phenomenal. Well, just a little piece about me. Uh, this is my 26, 26th year in education, um, mainly teaching as well as school administration. 
Um, what I thought about this 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 quote is, is very interesting. It's very it's a very interesting quote. It's what um, about seven words, but very interesting, very profound. So so what I surmise out of if you're going through hell, keep going. Uh, it's basically what I look at what I'm going through, um, what people go through personally. You know, if you're going through hell, it, it doesn't say you're staying in hell. It's saying you're going through. So I got I have this old saying: if if you if you never grow through, you never go to. So on the other side of hell is always something better. Um, you, actually, you if you most Christians I don't want to Christianize this, but most Christians believe um, unless you go through hell, you can't actually go to heaven. So I, I believe that I, I really apply this to my own personal life because to be told. My life is not perfect, just like you guys aren't. I have to go through hell to actually get what has been promised to me. So I really, really love this quote. It's a great quote. Um, I believe it's very encouraging too, because just because, like I, I previously mentioned, just because you're going through hell, you don't have to stay there. Just keep on going, as you already mentioned. Keep on going, and there, there should be some better days coming. That's really good. You took an angle, again, already I got another perspective on it. You took an angle of faith. That, that's kind of what I heard through what you said. This idea of, okay, yeah, you're going through it. Life is hard. Uh, but the, the key is it's not going to remain this way, right? So keep going. Don't give up. Um, there's a brighter day. You know, and not only are you going to get over these bumps in the road, you're going to actually be at a stronger position once you get through it. It's more than just like getting through something. It's like you're building something in yourself by having to go through this mess. Yes. Right. So it's that that there's a lot of faith in that, you know, because yeah. people lose their faith. I don't have to tell anybody that, right? They, they think that this stuff's never going to end. And that's when you start heading downhill. Yep. Right? And then you think, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Hell. Okay? So you don't keep going. You, you almost accept, right? And I don't know. Actually, stop. You actually became very dormant. And you actually say, you know what? Hell is my home, so I'm going to stay here. But you have a choice to keep moving. Exactly. We all do. And, and before you, anyone questions out there of why someone would say, oh, hell is my home. I don't want to go anywhere. Why would anyone ever want to say that? Here's why. If, if things are going really, really tough, right, and you're so tired of trying to pick yourself up and have a brighter day, you've had so many days that have been ruined. There is something in human psychology, I think that basically says, you know what? I'm gonna manage my expectations. I'm not gonna hope anymore. Because at the very least, if I think it's gonna be bad and I'm stuck in it, at least I can predict it and have some control over it. And that's the scary place that people get to, in my opinion, where they're just not trying anymore because they're afraid of, of falling and getting disappointed, but it's understandable. Yeah, and so what, what I would jump in and, and say, to pick what up on what Donnell said, it's learning. 
you have to think of going through hell as learning something that when you get on the other side of it, you're going to be in a better position. So it's not about, you know, hell is something that most people equate with despair. Mm -hmm. But if you equate it with opportunity and learning, completely different mindset. And, oh my gosh, I'm thinking in the classroom here, what kinds of stories would our students bring up where they had to go through hell to achieve something? What do you guys think they might bring up? I, I, I think um, when, when kids, when our students first got back in after COVID, I mean, I mean, to be told, I don't know if anybody was thinking right at that point. You know, you've been out of school, maybe a whole whole school year. Next thing you know, you're back in the school. You got to retrain your mind. You got to retrain your expectations. Teachers got to re retrain the classroom. So I, I think that part is very hellacious. I mean, I remember my daughter, uh, just, just to give you a, a personal understanding, my daughter was in seventh grade. She spent a whole seventh grade year doing remote learning. Now she's a social butterfly. So we really, really had to make sure that we kept her abreast of what was going on and continue to communicate with her to keep her social um, levels up. Because once that, if her social levels get down, automatically she goes into depression. So I believe uh, not just teachers, school administrators, parents, I mean, all <laughs> students, all of us have, have experienced some type of hell coming back from COVID. And some have not, some have actually still staying there, have not moved on. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing cycle. Like you see, not, not to talk about suicides, but you see suicides are up and uh, depression is up and, and, and counselors and mental health professionals are, are making um, a highly, highly booked, a highly recognized right now because you know all this stuff is going on and not to talk about the school shootings and all this other stuff that compiles everything that we're going through yeah look no you don't have to look too far just look at covid and kids are going to have stuff to to say about that yeah the the extroverts i think that the psychologists call them people who feed off other people's energies you know the social butterfly like you were saying donnell those are the people that probably struggled more than, than, than others. Um, I'm just thinking personally, I'm more of an introvert, or at least I can switch that gear pretty quickly. So it, I don't think it, it affected me in the same way, but it, it will, that's hell for people to only be in the room with their own thoughts, you know, N not to say that you know, meditating and being with yourself and thinking through things isn't also a positive experience as well. But again, it too much of anything, right? That's so they'll bring up COVID. What do you think your kids would say, Dan? I, I mean, I, so many things, but yeah, I mean, I teach juniors and seniors, Danelle, in high school. So many would go to, well, they would go to the college application process in this coming fall and it, it's very stressful for a lot of kids, especially the ones that apply to 20 schools. I have some that do that. Um, others, that's not a stressor at all. For, for some, it's, it's making the team. It, it's something athletic that they had to go through. 
that, you know, a, a, a good workout, I mean, think of it, bring it down to something really, really simple. These examples can be good. Just say, have you ever had a really good workout where you wanted to give up and you didn't, you kept going and guess what? Your body, you know, thanked you from that point on because you're stronger as a result. So a lot of times those very tangible, concrete examples, if you use them in this, these conversations, they can get things things moving. Those are a couple examples I, I had. Those are good examples, very good examples. Um, I, I remember being a teenager going through the same thing. I mean, but then I didn't know what it was. I mean, now through these conversations, we. we you guys can be, begin to have those conversations, begin to inform others that it's okay to be here. Let's don't stay here though. Let's keep it moving um, in your own process, in your own time, but let's keep it moving. Don't stay here. So. Oh gosh. I just thought of another one for me, student teaching. Oh God. The, the first time you're in front of class, you want to talk about a difficult <laughs> situation. You, you sometimes you wanted the bell to ring so badly <laughs> that you almost wanted to ring one yourself to get them out of your class. That's oh. actually, that's something all teachers, if this is with faculty, yeah. if you have a conversation with faculty, throw out the first year. Because that really is when you're kind of like this empty shell around April, May. You're going through the motions. The, the school year ends which is nice. You got that break coming up. You can start over. That's a great thing about our profession, by the way, we can just start over. But, but that man, I remember my first year I would come home from, <laughs> I was in West side of Chicago, you know, high school, you know, and I was just, just so new and naive and whatever. But I remember coming home and I would have pudding. I'd have this chocolate pudding every day after school and just sit there and eat it. And it would represent my mood or my, I don't even know what it would be. It was just kind of sad and depressing, but it was good. Your therapy. <laughs> it was therapy. Um, I had one other image before we get to the counterclaim. I had one, one other image I thought really fit with this quote. Have you guys ever seen that, that stunt that, a guy gets on a guy or a girl gets on a motorcycle and there's like this long hallway that's burning. And the stunt is they get on the motorcycle and they just drive the motorcycle right through the burning tunnel. And then they make it out on the other end. Cause they what keep going. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of like hell, you know, you're going through hell, keep going. That's exactly yeah. what you do. If you're doing that stunt. You know, you can't stop. Otherwise, you're gone. So just keep going. Now, as to why you'd want to go into that tunnel in the first place, I won't even get into that. But What do you got, Donnell? Can I have one more for, before we get to the next, next yeah. part? I think also, too, uh, relationships can be hellacious. <laughs> I mean, especially when you, when you start now. I mean, uh, especially with a significant other or you're trying to have a relationship. It's like... I don't know about this. It's like your emotions are, I just talk about me. My emotions are, are off the chain. You don't know what to think. You're, you know, you're kind of paranoid. Does she like me? Does she love me? All this different kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's a great example. And and sometimes you got to just keep going. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. 
I think I think the whole piece of this conversation is keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Well, I mean, okay, so what's the counterclaim? You know, let, let's blow this thing out of the water. You know, and, and again, when you make counterclaims, Donnell, you can do it 50 different ways. Sometimes you just flip a word here and there, and you're like, hmm, let me see if I can make this make sense, if I make the opposite. Do you have a thought, Donnell, as to a counterclaim to this? You know, if you're going through hell, keep going. What, what's what's a counterclaim? Um, I say the counterclaim I'm thinking of, and I'm hoping I'm doing this right, guys. Y'all let me know. Um, I'm going to stay in hell because I don't want to keep going. I like being in hell. I like hellacious situations. I like confusion. I like being a drama queen or king. I like uh, people coming to my, my beck and call every time I need some attention. So I like being in hell. I actually enjoy it. I love it. And I know people like that. <laughs> I love it. You would, it's human. It's human. I like the mess. Let me throw something in with that, Donnell. When you're in hell and you got drama going on all the time, the one thing that you don't have as much is accountability. You know, you can just kind of like, you're always struggling. All your friends know you're going through it. So they're not expecting you to do this, that, or the other. They're like, ah, he's going, don't ask him to do anything. He's going through it. And it's like you can get out of a lot of responsibility doing that as well. So I, I completely agree. Yeah, that's really good. I'm trying to think of another angle on this. One way to think about this is that if you're going through a situation that's difficult, if you always adopt the attitude that, oh, I just got to push through it, sometimes it's better to let it sit and to learn and be comfortable with chaos sometimes. I'm thinking of maybe a, maybe a psychological issue a, a kid might have. How about this one? Anxiety. You know, if you have anxiety and you're constantly denying that you have it and just kind of keep going somewhere else, you're never actually dealing with those thoughts in your head that have run out of control. So maybe slowing down and experiencing a little displeasure and, and hell, so to speak, might actually be the thing you need to do to overcome that difficulty. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so you're not facing the real issue. You're just, you know, you're, you keep going. And then once you get out, guess what? Because you didn't reflect, you didn't learn anything from it. Hell is right around the corner. You're going to be doing it again, and then you'll get through it again. But you're not you're not learning from it, I guess, is a way to. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you think, Dan? You like you, you like your wheels are turning. I I was you caught me thinking. <laughs> I I thought about on the claim we were talking about the importance of learning by getting through it. Uh -huh. But now we just talked about the importance of learning by staying with it. So my question, 
I don't have it yet, but that's the thing that's going in my head that I want to know more about. So stay tuned. I'm going to try to figure something out by the end. Mm -hmm. While you're doing that, I want to add something. Um, a lot of times, I, it's an example I could think of where, where people are kind of like anxiety, dealing with schizophrenia, dealing with maybe some type of drug addiction issue or either food addiction issue. Those people are in hell and it's no, it's no quick fix for that. I mean, so in, in, in my experiences and my wife is a therapist and talking with her, it's, it's, it's good for them to sometimes sit with their feelings as long as they need to, to get to some type of deliverance or some type of, to get to where they need to go. So, so hell, I don't care about any, anybody's personal experience. It could be for me, five minutes. It could be for you, 10 minutes, 10 years, 15. It, it just depends on, on what, what we're going through. It's interesting. It is so situational. I had a thought that just escaped me and I'm going to get it back. Oh, just the word quitting. Mm. We, no one likes that word, right? We talk about grit, perseverance, never give up. We're always sharing these types of pieces of wisdom with the kids, right? And a lot of times, the reason you're quitting is because you're going through hell, okay? Whatever that looks like. No one's going to quit if it's fun and they're successful, right? So my kind of question or my input here is that maybe a, a, another way to look at the counterclaim is to say that, you know, if you're going through hell and things are not going right, maybe quitting is exactly what you should do. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and try something else. Like, learn, it, it, you know, quitting isn't the end. There's a difference between failing and being a failure. So why, why be so scared of it? Just, just quit. And then and pick it, and hopefully pick, pick yourself up and do something else. I'm just thinking of an example of any kid that's ever tried out for any sport, realize they're not the one. That, I mean, they're just not that good. They didn't make the team, um, whatever. You never want to say quit. But you also want to look at them like, look, you're 12 years old. Is this the only thing that you think you're good at? You know, you're going through some hell right now because you're realizing there are people better and it's not working out. And also so you could add another example with, with uh, s school subjects. How many emails do I get every year from, from um, people saying, you know, Johnny wants to drop this class because – He's got these five other classes, and this one is just too much. It's the straw that breaks the camel's black back. So he wants to quit. Sometimes quitting is, is the right thing to create some balance in your life. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm piggybacking on what you said, Steve. I think that makes sense. I thoroughly, I thoroughly agree. Quitting while you in hell. Just quit. Quit what you're doing. Stop come up with another plan and then thought, oh my god that's great yeah yeah don't don't let hell define you 
<laughs> just switch it up. Like, okay, all right, that didn't work out. All right, next. And that's so hard for people, especially ones that are that are very maybe have a little perfection and perfectionism to them. They want to do great in everything. And it ends up possessing their soul to a point where they don't have energy for life after a while. So this is really important for kids and adults to understand, you know, when, when they should quit, when they should keep going. Is that your essential question, Dan? When should you quit or keep going? Uh, No, that was an essential question. You know what? I might take that one. And, and just think of that one as a way to, to, to um, approach this. That's my essential question. When do you quit or keep going? I'll just throw that out. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one to think about. It really is. Could you imagine if, 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 if a lot of people were taught that at an early age, that it's okay to quit? How much stress will be reduced in this world <laughs> so much yeah, the competition bar will be low everybody will feel comfortable i mean i i shouldn't say everybody but most people feel comfortable we won't be looking side out of each other it'll be more trust they don't have to you don't have to win all of the battles you don't have to have a certain status in society to have a lead a meaningful life don't compete quit what you're doing and find out who you really are what kind of society would we live in Mm, mm, mm. and related to that very closely related failing you know think of failing in a different way get people to grow up with this sense i love saying this to students like just say you know how quickly are you failing how many times have you failed over the last month, you know, the more times you fail, the closer you're getting to where you need to, where you need to be, you know, but it's kind of related, I think, to just quitting, going through hell, having things not work out. That's the point. You know, we just get closer, the more we bump into things. That's what you're supposed to do. I love it. And and, and to add your point, I mean, as you bump into things, you're learning, you're learning from bumping into things. Hopefully you don't bump too many times to the same thing, but you're learning and you're growing, but who, who teaches that? Nobody. <laughs> we don't teach it. But we can teach it in conversations like this. Absolutely. If you have a conversation like this in class, Here's our plug, right, for the teach different method. You have these conversations consistently in your classroom, and all of a sudden the kids are being more aware of their their thinking about these things, and they listen to other students talk about when they failed or when they quit. Oh, my gosh, this person next to me, I didn't even know them, and they quit doing this, and it worked out for them. Maybe it'll work out for me. Or this person kept going through hell, and learn from it. Maybe I could develop some inspiration to do that too. We live in our own little isolated worlds. We never know what other people are thinking, but that's what conversations do. I love that. I love that. that the method y'all have is just incredible. I'm going to adopt that in my personal life. I'm, I'm again using that. 
Use it with the teachers. They'll they'll appreciate it. Man, they'll appreciate it. I think I think like I like I told you before, Steve. This would turn a regular sit and get staff meeting into something with some fire and something with some zeal. I I, I see my teachers running to the conference room to have a conversation instead of running away from it. <laughs> I, 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 that's great. That's great. Yeah. Whenever if they feel like they're full when when these types of conversations are finished. Right. When you can hear testimonies from people, you give your own. I mean, it does build a culture, you know, sharing those experiences. And I always say this, Donnell, I always say, so why, why does sharing experiences, why is it so important? And my thinking on this is this. It's because everyone is brilliant. And you're not like giving people a false sense of self-esteem. Your experience is what you have gone through. It's true. You can share it in relation to a concept and it's beyond criticism. You know, as long as you're ready to listen to others who can share theirs, you got truth everywhere here, you know, and you're just getting different perspectives on it. That's a conversation. So. And it, and it lets everybody have, have an opinion or, you know, I go, I go to that old, that same thought. It's not an old, old way of thinking, but everybody wants to be heard. They might not say they might not say it, but they want to say something. They want to have an opinion. So this opens it up for that. They want to be validated. Right. Everybody wants to be validated. And if you give them the space to be validated, they'll take it. You know, you just have to have the right structure around it, which is what we, we try to do here, you know, and we do it in our online community with adults. Every month we have a conversation of the month where people weigh in and, and talk about some cool theme together. We just don't do it enough as a society. Why, why do you think that is, Dan? I'm, I'm, I'm going to play this side. Why do you think that that is? People are afraid of being judged. They're afraid that their ideas are unique to them. They don't see a common humanity out there. They feel like they feel alone that no one might understood them, might understand them. They've never been listened to. If you don't have that, I mean, Steve and I were fortunate enough to be in a, to grow up in a family where talking and sharing ideas and, and listening was what we did. That, that's how we learned. That's how we grew up. But I think a lot of people don't, don't have those experiences. So they are not aware of other people. And that other people have the same concerns and desires and hopes and dreams that they do. Well, if I can speak personally, I, I I grew up in a in a household that was the opposite, where you have to guess what someone is saying. No one wanted to have a real conversation. Uh, if, they, if someone had a problem with you, you really just had to guess it and and not have a conversation. And then you talk about expectations that were not spoken that were given to you that you didn't know nothing about people expect you to, to to be this or be that but they never tell you and but they're upset with you because you don't become that what they never told you so cheers to you you guys <laughs> yeah we won the lottery with our parents yeah. like oh. I, it's, I give it to the parents right i mean i, I don't know <laughs> 
Because growing up in a household where you can't, where you you feel like you can't say it, oh, it's constricting. It's really so, so Donnell, you would have wanted someone to just ask your opinion and listen and be validated. Yes. And also too being able to say, you know what, I don't necessarily want to do that, but you know, just having an open conversation. Uh if if there was a problem in my household, no one talked about it. <laughs> Everybody knew it was an elephant in the room, but the elephant sit right at the table and, and everybody like they didn't see this elephant. Wow. And, and what's scary is that's just the beginning of the darkness that could happen, right? Because if no one's talking about it, then people are bothered by it and they're saying something else seemingly unrelated, but it deals with the elephant in the background and pretty soon you're arguing maybe about something that doesn't have anything to do with the elephant, oh, but it is the elephant. Right. And no one knows where it's coming from because no one has really talked about it. It, it gets so dark and, and you lose it. Like there's so many misunderstandings. It's like, ugh. It does. But, and, and it's hard though. It is hard to be direct about the elephant. I guess we have to admit that too, right? Because people don't, why, why is it? I'll, I'll put that question to both of you. Why is it that we don't like talking about unpleasant things around people that we love, that we know well? Um, why, why is that so hard? You'd think that that would be the people you'd want to talk about it with. Right. I, I think Dan already spoke to it where he said, well, the person might not feel like their conversation is valid or their point is valid or they're being validated as a person. So if you don't feel like uh, myself as a child, I didn't feel validated to say, you know what, this person you, you might want to watch out for. I mean, if I, I feel like I couldn't, you know, have that conversation. But if imagine if I could have that conversation. Imagine if I I didn't feel judged as a child already without having have nothing to say. Well, I haven't even mentioned anything. Just the prejudgment. That's that's that was basically my childhood. <laughs> That's the deal killer. That's why you never were able to step up. You know, it's just like, all right, they're already judging me. No right. one's listening. Why even go through it? I'll just, yeah, man. And and in this, you know, in this conversation, if you're going through hell, keep going. How many students will share an experience where they had to go through a hard time and they will have never shared that before? That moment. You want to talk about influence as educators to have that forum be the place where they felt comfortable enough to share something that they've never shared before. Well, yeah, those are those experiences that turn things for people. Yes. That can turn it. One conversation can change your life. We take making a difference, right? It's part of our, our vision statement, Donnell, and teach different. We want to make differences in people's lives. This is how you make a difference. And you know what, Dan? As a school administrator, I've had those conversations. And just to see a child that's 12, 13, 14, their eyes just light up because you took the time. It could be five minutes. You took the time. And put away the cell phone and all these other things and had a, a, a one-to-one conversation with them. I have students that I still contact me today because, 
you know, just taking the time, not blowing my own horn, but just taking the time to, to, make, to make sure they're validated as students or as young adults. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Great conversation. Yeah, this this was really great. I mean, I, I like how we just kind of riffed at the end here and got into, the, this is the, the big picture issues of the importance of, of doing this. And it's so rewarding, you know, when it, when it works. And that's fantastic. Well, you can't, you, you had that question, Steve, that you kind of spun, how do we know when to quit or keep going? I think that's a really good one. Donnell, did you have any that, that came from this? You don't have to have one, of course, but if something popped into your head. Uh, what was that again? Any kind of question that you have coming out of this conversation that you want answered? Yes. How do we as adults become more conscious of not only just students, but also their parents' needs? Um, I, I know I know we all busy, teachers, educators, administrators, but how do we how do we take the time to say, you know what? I'm going to focus on what my students and what my parents need. Um, I think that's one of the things that's really lacking in a lot of our schools today. Um, because we get so busy with the, the politics and all this other stuff that really doesn't matter as far as our students and parents are concerned. I think if we pay more attention and made them more of a priority, I think a lot of our schools will be much, much better than where they are. So that, that was my question. It's a great question. It's a great question. Like Well said. That's really thinking about the hell others could be going through. You know, why aren't we more attuned to that? Why don't we care about that more? Yes. Um, and I know we, I know we all busy. We all got stuff going on, and we're, right. we're trying to, you know, take care of our stuff and make sure we're not late for reports and all this other stuff. But what if we looked at someone else's hell and began to say, you know what? I feel like I can, I can help you. I feel like I can listen to you or whatever. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, if you being a great leader is is taking those moments and knowing how to use those moments of just listening to someone for five minutes, you might get more accomplished than you could an entire week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and same with teachers. You know that what that five minute discussion with a kid after class asking how they are might be the thing that gets them to learn in that semester or that school year. It's not your perfectly crafted lessons. I mean, well, a right. wonderful conversation, uh, Donnell. You were a great guest, great insights and, and wisdom. I think we picked the right quote for, for us. <laughs> you know, I think we really all did a nice, nice job with it. Um, so anyway, we thank you so much for, for being on, uh, on the Teach Different podcast. And we, we hope to see you, you know, in the community too. Oh. Anytime y'all want to have me back. I love this. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We hope you're walking away feeling energized by some great ideas and have a sense of confidence that you too can master the art and science of conversations to make a lasting impact. We at Teach Different are dedicated to supporting you along that journey. Please visit teachdifferent.com to join the community of educators 
for additional resources and engaging discussion among fellow teachers and administrators, free for 30 days. We'll see you there and next time on the Teach Different podcast. Take care.